Hello, I'm Eric Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about Paul's prison praise. Stick around for some hope, healing, and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. It is the 21st of February, 2022. I apologize for my voice, but I'm a bit under the weather today. However, um, I know I sound terrible, but I can speak. And you know what? That's what God's called me to do on this podcast. So that's what I'm going to do. This week's Torah portion is Vechel, which means assembled. And it is found in Exodus chapter 35, verses 1 to chapter 38, verse 20. Then we go to 1 Kings, which is the half Torah portion, chapter 7, verses 40 to 50. And then we have the Brit Hadasha, which is Matthew 17, chapter 17, verses 22 to 27. Now, the half Torah and the Torah portion of this week have to do um, with the making of the temple. And um, it actually starts out talking about where to keep the Sabbath and to keep it holy. Adonai has given us a day of rest, rest for a reason. And I would have to agree, it's actually very important. Um, my husband and I have been sick this whole weekend, so. Thankfully, we have uh, leaders in our congregation who took over the uh, services this past Saturday because we were at home being uh, under the weather. So I'm so thankful for our leaders. Um, Thank you guys. If you are listening, we really do appreciate you. And I'm reading this. I'm, I'm reading the Torah portion for this week and I'm thinking, Lord, they made so many things. And then they moved. So it wasn't even like the temple stayed in one place. They made all these curtains and they had, shoot, the seal skin just covering the top of the tent. I can't imagine how heavy that sucker was. But that, of course, is just my mindset and what I'm thinking when I'm reading this. Has nothing to do with the podcast today. (laughs) But I did read it and I was actually just amazed. I was amazed at the uh, workmanship and the wisdom that Adonai gave to Bezalel. And then in, in first Kings, he gave to the man um, making the temple for Solomon, which thankfully they didn't have to move the temple at that point. But man, I, I just, I can't fathom it. It's just amazing to me. Um, it kind of just goes to show just how lazy we've gotten as that, I guess to them, it wasn't a big deal. But now if, if I think Adonai told us we needed to build him a temple and to move it, Whenever uh, it was time to move, I think uh, we'd have a problem with that now. We'd probably do a lot of grumbling and complaining, even more than the Israelites. But today I'm going to talk about Paul's prison praise. So I've been trying to do a devotional with at least the three, my three youngest one. My oldest one, he lives in a camper behind our house. So he's in and out of the house. He doesn't, you know, really live here, technically speaking. So, um, my three youngest, they're all teenagers, you know, 13, 14, and 16. So it's really hard to do a devotional with teenagers simply because they're at the age where they don't want anyone to know that they might actually agree with their parents about anything, including the word of God. So no matter what we have to say about it, it's kind of the rolling of the eyes or yeah, I know mom or, you know, this or that. But I found this, this devotional on, um, you know, the version app and it's actually just a seven-day devotional. It's called Winning the War in Your Mind. And it was funny because obviously I've been praying about it this week and really the devotional came to me 
uh, devotional, I'm sorry, the podcast uh, idea came to me last night about finding our strength in Adonai, especially when we're at our weakest. Primarily because my husband and I have both been very sick and um, I have moments where I'm actually feeling pretty good and then moments where I am waiting for somebody to put me out of my misery. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's been our weekend, but, um, I don't know if it's COVID in this day and age, everything falls under the umbrella of COVID. We, you know, we definitely have a lot of the symptoms, but it also could just be the flu, um, or something akin to it. But we read this devotional, uh, in the morning with our children and we're reading this and I'm thinking, all right, Lord, this is just confirmation of the idea that you gave me the night before. Like, I, like, you're just amazing. I just can't, I can't fathom how you do this because I'm not God and you just know everything and you're awesome. Sorry, I just took a minute to have a little bit of tea. Um, hopefully it'll give me a little bit of grace today and hopefully you can understand what I'm saying. But I wanted to read to you a portion of this de uh, devotional kind of a, uh, abbreviation of it. It's really not that long, but it's talking about Paul in prison. Most of us as believers today, especially in the Western hemisphere, have no concept of true persecution. We don't. Um, I think the most I've ever been persecuted for my faith was probably when I was a teenager and I was spit on in high school. Um, by, uh, another teenager who, more than likely was possessed, but he was also a big fan of Marilyn Manson. And just honestly, I, I felt like he probably was possessed, but that's neither here nor there. That was probably the worst of persecution I've ever really experienced. Whereas there are people in China, in Nigeria, and a lot of other places who have been martyred for their faith, have been bruised, beaten, and thrown in jail, a lot like Paul. And one thing I'm thankful for and I've talked about this before in my podcast, is my mother, growing up, uh, there are a lot of times where I was sick, and man, a lot of times I just had the stomach bug or whatever, and I would be um, in the bathroom, you know, throwing up, I'm sorry I'm being a little graphic here, and my mom would be in there with me, and she'd be rubbing my back, and she would simply be singing songs to me to help me feel better. And... There were songs of praise in my mind. Um, and they're actually two of my favorite songs to this day because of that. In fact, if I'm still feeling really terrible, I'm 37 people. If I'm still feeling super terrible, I will call my mother or I'll have my husband call my mother because I can't even really speak and say, sing to me, mom. And she will. She'll sing to me on the phone. That's 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 a good mother right there. Mom, you're fantastic. And um, she would sing to me, um, holy, holy, holy Lord. God of power and might, heaven and earth are filled with your glory. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Um, that's I absolutely adore that song. Um, if you don't know it, maybe when I'm feeling better at some point, I'll sing it. But I don't think I'm going to be singing too much on this podcast today. Um, the other one is uh, Kings and Kingdoms Shall All Pass Away, But There's Nothing like the name. Obviously she would sing Jesus. I grew up in a Pentecostal non-denominational congregation. Um, was not messianic at the time, you know, Jesus, Jesus, uh, Jesus, there's, um, something about that name. 
um, master savior, Jesus, um, let all heaven and earth proclaim. So, you know, she's just praising God and thanking the Lord and, um, for who he is, not for what he's done, but for who he is. I think that's really important to think about. And I was laying in bed last night, um, my skull, uh, just excruciating pain. Um, if you've ever had a migraine and you're laying in bed and it's dark because light greatly affects that. It's like, you're very sensitive to light, had a hot washcloth on my eyes, excruciating pain. Unfortunately, the migraine wasn't going, getting any better. I'd been given uh, prescribed mucinex by the doctor. I took a couple Tylenol hoping that would help with that. And then I became super nauseous. And I don't know if you know this or not about me. I do not like medication. I don't like taking drugs, period. Um, I am definitely an essential oil type of gal. In fact, if you ever want me to do a podcast about essential oils, let me know if you're interested and I will. Um, I absolutely am a huge fan of essential oils. They have saved my life in uh, many circumstances. Um, but last night I was just so desperate. I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead, take a Zofran. Zofran is a pill for nausea. It's what they give you when you go to the hospital and you've been throwing up constantly. They'll have you put it underneath your tongue. And, uh, we have that medication because of my son and also for me for previous issues. So I took one and I'll tell you what, I was still nauseous and I still really, really felt like I needed to throw up. And I make a point of never, ever, 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 ever trying to the best of my ability ever doing that because once I start, I do not stop and I end up having to go to the hospital. So I was just in such pain and just, I felt terrible and I was just crying out to the Lord and I put praise and worship music on. I have my iTunes playlist. It's called praise and worship. And just listening to the music and I was just praising the Lord and thanking him and thanking him and thanking him and saying, Lord, just please, Lord, touch me, heal me. Um, I was going along with whatever the song was at the time. It might have been uh, The Miracles. You've seen Too Good to Not Believe. Um, I don't know if you've heard that or not. Brandon, I can't remember his last name, sings it uh, from Bethel, I believe. Um, And man, I was just, just praising him, praising the Lord. And... You know, the day before I was in excruciating pain because my muscles were hurting and I was in, you know, my, my head was hurting and I was in the living room and my kids were sitting close enough to me to, to hear me just praising the Lord underneath my breath. And I could tell they thought I was crazy. Like, why in the world would she be praising God while she's in this pain? Like, is she thanking the Lord for the pain she's in? They're like, no Lord, like I'm thanking you for the life that I have. I thank you that I do have breath to breathe. You know, I'm just praising you for who you are, Lord, for, for, for all that you are, no matter if I'm feeling terrible or great, I'm going to praise you. And, um, let me read you this devotional and this is kind of what makes it all come together. So let's talk about Paul. He's in prison, not for a crime, but for speaking about Yeshua. He may be executed. He writes to his friends in Philippi, rejoice in the Lord always Philippians 4, 4. Then he sounds like your mama because he repeats himself. Just in case you aren't listening, I will say it again. Rejoice. It's a great burst for a coffee mug with a pretty cursive font. Rejoice in the Lord always. It's perfect for a refrigerator magnet. Put it on a greeting card? Of course. It makes you sound spiritual if you tell your friends, rejoice in the Lord always. Full disclosure, I hate it when people quote that verse to me. If I'm in the middle of a difficult situation or I have a flat tire and it's 102 degrees out, or I just found out I need to have my tooth extracted or my kids sick. You just need to rejoice in the Lord always. One reason I hate it is because I have to wonder about the person who says it. 
Do you rejoice in the Lord always? Really? You might wonder about Paul. He told people to rejoice in the Lord when he was in prison. But did he rejoice in the Lord when he was in prison? He did. Paul was with his buddy Silas. Can you picture them? Thrown into prison, landing on the cold, hard ground with open wounds, maybe a broken nose, a couple of broken ribs, no doctor, nurse, band-aids, or ibuprofen. Have you been there? Perhaps you hit the ground when you found out someone you love had cancer, or that your kid was on drugs, or that your spouse was cheating on you. In those tragic moments, what do you do? What did Paul and Silas do? They praised God. What was Paul doing in prison? Rejoicing always. First, they were praising God for the who, not the what. They were bloody and bound up in prison. If you had asked them, what are you praising God for? I don't think there was any what that they could point to. Nothing good was happening, but their God was still good. They weren't praising God for the what. They were praising him for the who. You can do that too. Your circumstances may be bad, but your God is still good. He is near. His promises are still true. His love still unconditional. His grace still amazing. His timing still perfect. You may not like the what of what's going on, but you can still praise God for the who of who he is. Second, they were praising God before the provision. So often we hold off on praising God until he provides what we want. Think about that. Doesn't it sound like an entitled little snot-nosed kid? I won't be grateful until I get exactly what I want. We are better than that. At least I hope so. And more important, God deserves better. Paul and Silas praised God before he answered their prayers or changed their circumstances. That's the kind of person I want to be. Third, they are praising God and then he showed up. Paul and Silas were worshiping God in the middle of the night and boom, God showed up. They did not praise God because he showed up. God showed up because they praised him. When we praise him, he will show up. When he shows up, it will change our thinking. If we change our thoughts, we change our life. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to make uh, puff myself up or anything. I'm just trying to give you, you know, a real life example. You know, when I was in pain and I was crying out to God and still just praising him, you know, I, I clearly heard him in my spirit saying, not yet. And I said, Lord, please just touch me, heal me. I know that you can heal me. You are the, the healer. You are the God that can heal all things. And if you would heal me of this, please just heal everything that's going on with me that I've dealt with for eight years. Please just heal everything. And I heard him say, not yet. It's too soon. Now, I could have taken that and been completely devastated because for me physically, the struggle's real. I put on a really good face of it. If you see me in person, typically I try to have a really great smile on my face. It does not necessarily portray what's actually going on with me inside. It's not that I'm putting a mask on, but I also don't want to be one of those people who habitually complains about everything in their life. I just don't. You know, I'm already having, um, because I'm a realist, I tend to lean more heavily on the negative side. And if I were to do that, I would become a person I wouldn't even want to be around, if that makes any sense. So I choose to have a positive attitude 
I choose to praise God through my circumstances. Um, now, you heard me even last week. You know, I was really upset about what happened with my car. You know, I, I still have to try really hard in certain circumstances. You know, if I had to change a tire at 102 degrees, I probably would be having a really hard time praising the Lord through that. But because I've been dealing with physical ailments and, and uh, health issues for so many years, I guess it's a lot easier for me to just go ahead and praise the Lord because it doesn't matter. God is still on the throne. No matter how I'm feeling, no matter how my body is acting, God is still who he says he is. And I want to read to you um, actually what he was talking about in the devotional. It's uh, Acts chapter 16 to um, 16 to 40. So it's Acts chapter 16 verses 16 to 40. It says, It so happened that as we were going to prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination, who was bringing her masters much profit for her fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept shouting, saying, These men are are servants of El Elyon, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She kept doing this for many days. But Paul was irritated and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Messiah Yeshua to come out of her. And it came out of her at that very moment. I'm going to pause for a second just for you to think about what, what that just said. And so I can get a drink of water. And um, we were reading that in the devotion. And actually, I don't know, it might have been the New Living Translation. I read from the Tree of Life version. And it actually said, Paul was annoyed. And I really liked that. Because it shows that Paul's a human being. And he goes through the same emotions that we do. This girl was following after them. And she might have been saying the truth. But how was her tone? Was she saying it in a mocking way? Or was she simply just like yelling it over and over and over again? That would have become rather annoying. And so over a few days, he finally had had enough, became irritated or annoyed, depending on what version you're reading, and said, that's enough. In the name of Yeshua, Hamashiach, get out of that girl. And And the spirit left. And that to me is amazing. And it makes me be able to relate to Paul more. Why? Because it shows that he's a human being. And then he wasn't perfect and that he too has emotions. And I like that. Anyways, cont- continuing on to, uh, verse 19. But when her masters saw that the hope of profit was gone, they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they brought them to the chief authorities, they said, these men are throwing our city into an uproar. Being Jewish, they advocate customs which are not permitted for us to accept or practice being Romans. Then the crowd joined in the attack on them, so the chief authorities ripped their clothes off them and commanded them to be beaten with rods. After inflicting many blows on them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to guard them securely. Having received this charge, he threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a great earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors were unlocked and everyone's chains came loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the prisoner's doors opened, he drew a sword and was about to kill himself, supposing the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice saying, Don't harm yourself, we're all here. The jailer called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear he fell down before Paul and Silas. After he brought them out he said, Sirs, What must I do to be saved? They said, put your trust in the Lord Yeshua and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him, along with everyone in his household. He took them that very hour and washed their wounds, and at once he was immersed. 
he and all his household. The jailer brought them to his house and set food before them. And he was overjoyed that he with his entire household had put their trust in God. When day came, the chief authorities sent their police officers saying, release those men. But the jailer reported these words to Paul saying, the chief authorities have sent orders to release you. So come out now and go in shalom. But Paul said to the officers, they have beaten us publicly without a trial, men who are Roman citizens and have thrown us into prison. And now they're sending us away secretly. No, let them come themselves and lead us out. The police officers reported these words to the chief authorities. They became afraid when they heard they were Romans. So they came and apologized to them. After they escorted them out, they kept begging them to leave the city. When Paul and Silas went out of the prison, they visited Lydia's house. And when they saw the, the brothers, they encouraged them and they departed. There is so much to unpack out of that whole thing. But, I mean, so they're beaten really because they're Jews. They, they lost, These guys lost profit because of this girl that they you know, basically sent a spirit out of. So now she's a normal slave. And they said, you know, being Jewish, they advocate customs, which are not permitted for us to accept or practice being Romans. So they throw them into prison. And instead of wallowing in self-pity and saying, Lord, you sent me to the nations to preach the good news. And here I am stuck in prison. Who in the world am I going to preach to now? No, they didn't do that. They simply prayed and sing hymns to Adonai. Which brings me back to what my mom used to do when I was sick. She would rub my back and sing praises and hymns to God. She didn't sing things that she thought would make me laugh or make me feel better. She sang praise to Adonai for who he is. Thanking him for who he was. And it was the prisoners who were listening to them as well. So when there was that earthquake and all the doors were unlocked and everyone's chains came loose, those other prisoners could have left, but they chose not to. Why? Because they listened to Paul and Silas. They listened to them praise and worship their God. And it doesn't say here, but it kind of makes you wonder if they also became saved because of Paul and Silas, which kind of brings me back to like I talk about, like, where's your, your, your bubble of influence, your area of influence? Who, who is it that you influence in your life? In this time and place for Paul and Silas, they were not able to go out into the town or the city and speak the good news. They were in where? The prison. And so by showing with their actions that they were emissaries of the Most High God, they were able to influence those around them. So moms, you out there who are with your children day in and day out, Show by your actions and your love that you are an emissary of Yeshua HaMashiach and that he is the one that is worthy to be praised above all and every other thing. Now, you know, it's funny too, because this guy, he, tell, he goes back to my mother's favorite book, which is Philippians, uh, Philippians and uh, it goes back to chapter four, which is what she would say to me repeatedly growing up because of my anxiety issues. He's talking about rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. He talks about how like, you know, your mom, you know, will repeat herself. And I thought about that. And I kind of giggled. My kids, of course, rolled their eyes when we said that. And they looked at me like, yeah, you're totally right. Moms do say that. But they're right. Because how many times as moms do we have to repeat ourselves <laughs> to our children and say, you know, I just said this to you or, you know, I just did this. And 
I can't tell you how many times my mom told me to rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice as a kid because I tended to be kind of mopey and whiny and worried about my own circumstances and not about the circumstances around me and about the people around me. And so I have to break that chain and make a concerted effort to not do that in my everyday life. And it might drive my husband crazy because, you know, he asked me how I'm feeling and depending on how I answer, it depends on if he believes me or not. You know, if I tell him I'm peachy keen, he knows that I'm feeling quite terrible. Um, because I don't want my kids to look back and say, my mom was just sick all the time. I want them to look back and say, you know what? My mom was sick all the time, but she praised the Lord throughout the entire thing. She never lost her faith and her hope in the Lord. She knew who her provider was and it didn't matter what anyone else said. She chose to trust in the Lord and lean not on her own understanding. You know, Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all people. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the shalom of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Messiah Yeshua. What is it that you, you struggle with? Are you praising him for who he is before asking him for what you want or what you need? We need to learn to walk in faith before the miracle, not after. It's not really faith after the miracle, is it? Are we really walking in faith when we say, Lord, I know you're going to do this because your word says that? Yes, you can absolutely say that. But are you even praising the Lord? Are you getting down in your face and worshiping the Holy of Holies? The one who is the Alpha and the Maker, the beginning and the end? Do you have the fear of the Lord in you? Or are you treating Adonai like a genie? Because I know that there are times where I'm definitely guilty of that. And I forget who I'm talking to. Adonai is our friend, but he's our father. He's our comforter. He's our provider. But he also needs to be praised for those things because he alone is worthy. I'm so thankful that I did have a mom who showed me that I needed to rejoice always. And you know what? There are definitely times where I saw my mom cry and I saw my mom's frustration and my mom wasn't perfect and she still isn't perfect. But you know what? She tries and she makes a concerted effort. You know, I don't look back on my time and say, oh, she just complained a lot. No, she consistently said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then she'd dance around a little bit and sing a song to God. And you know what? That would make me happy. Even as a teenager and I'd roll my eyes and pretend I didn't like it. I did. And I did appreciate it. I pray that you have someone in your life like my mother who was able or is able to show you the glory of the Lord and what peace comes from simply praising the Lord, no matter what your circumstances, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your struggle is. Praising the Lord is key. Now, as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua, Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen. May you have a blessed week and remember to praise the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Hope you'll tune in again next week. Talk to you then. Please feel free to message me at messymessianicmama.com or you can email me at elmmm3 at protonmail.com. That's E is in Echo, L is in Lemur, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, M is in Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. You can also leave me a one minute voicemail message on anchor.fm slash Erica LaCasse, and it should have a button right there to say, leave a voice message. Remember to keep it short and sweet if you have any questions or you just want to leave a nice little comment. I would love to hear from you.